0: On this day 1967, Jimi Hendrix played his last show as the opening act for The Monkees. At least, that's one obscure fact about this day that serves as an icebreaker for the July 17, 2023 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But how do we know for sure? Is there a recording? Were any of you there? In any case, I'm skeptical about this fact, but this is sadly not the focus of this installment of the program. In this particular edition, a brief look at tonight's meeting of the Louisa County Board of Supervisors. Charlottesville opens up a grant program for festivals and events. The search continues for a new Charlottesville Fire Chief. Some city departments will move into the s building downtown. And Charlottesville City Council and the Planning Commission further discuss changes to the draft zoning map. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, since the very beginning of this newsletter three years ago, one Patreon supporter has dedicated their shout-out to an organization that seeks to draw awareness of the importance of native species to the ecosystem. As we continue through this hot summer, Plant Northern Piedmont Natives wants you to know they printed over 9,280 copies of their guide, Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. In this guide, Piedmont native plants are defined as those that evolved before the influence of European settlements that shaped and changed the landscape. Plants included in the guide were selected from the digital atlas of the Virginia flora and occur naturally within the region. You can download your copy today for free and thank you to that Patreon supporter. Why not think about becoming one yourself? We begin today with a correction, or rather, an admission of an omission on this mission to inform and illuminate decisions. The Louisa County Board of Supervisors will meet this evening. I had reported that incorrectly and said that they'd taken the day off, but that was my error. Rather than repeat all of that, if you want to know more, head over to today's 5th District Community Engagement for an explanation of what happened. And let's get right to that meeting, or at least a very brief description of it. There are four public hearings tonight, two of which are related to the same thing. One is to change Louisa County code to allow the Board of Supervisors to issue a 5% real property tax rebate to citizens. The next two public hearings are on Louisa Solar, a 5-megawatt facility that is proposed. One of the public hearings is on a siting agreement, and the other one is for a conditional use permit. Finally, there is a request for a conditional use permit for an equipment sales and rental business in a general commercial district. The Planning Commission had recommended that with eight conditions. And uh, that's that. Go look at the meeting newsletter to learn more. Charlottesville City Council meets tonight, and one item I did not include in yesterday's week ahead is the report from Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers. Rogers will soon hand over the position to Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders, and Council will vote on Sanders' contract tonight. One of the aspects that Rogers brought to the job when he began in early 2022 was the creation of a written report about what's happening inside of city government. Here are some stories from the latest report. Last August, City Council set aside $580,000 from the American Rescue Plan Act to help spur community events in the wake of the pandemic. The window is open for groups who want to try something new or sustain something existing. Here's a section from the report. The program is intended to promote citywide special events that will activate public spaces, enrich the lives of residents, encourage partnerships between organizations, foster a vibrant and diverse community, and stimulate economic activity. Applications will be taken in four separate windows, and up to $10,000 will be awarded for each event. Take a look at the city's website for information about how to apply. There's a link in the newsletter. Charlottesville is a city that has had much turnover and many high-profile vacancies in the last few years. That includes the position of fire chief. Michael Thomas has been serving on an interim basis since Hesidine Smith left to take a position in Florida. There are 30 applications to become the new chief. Here's another section from the interim city manager's report. The in-house review committee, which included representatives of the Firefighters Union, narrowed the field to eight who were invited to do online interviews. And after that review, four candidates are invited for in-person interviews. An appointment is expected in the next several weeks. The city of Charlottesville owns the SP building at 700 East Jefferson Street, and the Charlottesville Economic Development Authority leases it to s City Council was briefed on the terms of this arrangement last June. Just over a year later, a few city departments will be moving back into the building on the first and second floors. These include the Office of Community Solutions and the Public Works Engineering Division. A regional group will also move into the space. Here's another section from the report. The Emergency Communications Centre will occupy most of the first floor as training and space for back office operations to lighten the current pressure at the main office on Ivy Road. Here are some other items from the report. A new proposed pay scale for city employees will be presented to City Council on August 7th, followed by a first reading on August 21st. Melinda Crawford is retiring from her position as the Chief Executive Officer of the Charlottesville Regional Airport. Internal candidates for her replacement will be interviewed by the Charlottesville-Albemarle Airport Authority in August. There were a total of five complaints made to the Police Civilian Oversight Board between October of 2022 and April of 2023. Three were forwarded to the Police Department's Office of Professional Standards. One was referred to the Traffic Engineering Division as it was about a crosswalk. One more complaint from that period is still pending. The one complaint received in May will be closed because it involved a UVA police officer. No complaints were received in June. An update on the decarbonization study will be given to Council in October, with a final report to be ready in February. Council was briefed on the launch of the study in March. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, One Patreon supporter wants you to know that Charlottesville now has an e-bike lending library. E-bikes are a great way to get around the community, but there are many brands and styles to choose from. Because many e-bikes are sold online, it can be a challenge to try an e-bike before buying one. The Charlottesville e-bike lending library is a free, not-for-profit service working to expand access to e-bikes in the area. They have a small collection of e-bikes that they are lent out to community members for up to a week for free. You can experience your daily commute, go grocery shopping, or even bike your kids to school and decide whether e-bikes are right for you. Check out their service at www.ebikelibraryseville.org. big segment today, and it's about zoning. Zoning. Spoiler alert, I am very behind on writing about the latest on the draft zoning code in Charlottesville. I also really want to write up the discussion on the comprehensive plan in Albemarle County last week, but later on this week, I am going to write up the three-hour discussion from July 13th, 2023 between the City Council and the Planning Commission. This is not it. But near the beginning of the Charlottesville Planning Commission held on Tuesday, July 11th, there was this bit of information from Missy Creasy, the Deputy Director of the City's Department of Neighborhood Development Services. Because we're going to be uh, talking zoning ordinance at length on Thursday, we won't have any additional uh, zoning ordinance discussion for this evening. That Thursday and one on July 5th were two joint work sessions held with Council on the draft zoning code. The first was held on July 5th and was intended to be a continuation of a May 23rd work session on potential changes to the zoning map. That one lasted four hours. And I have a summary of that discussion that can either be listened to here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. You can go back and do that one. Or you can read the text-only version on Information Charlottesville. The July 13th edition focused on residential neighborhoods and I will write that up in detail. But the July 5th noontime meeting began with an exchange captured between Charlottesville mayor Lloyd Snook and Charlottesville planning commissioner Lyle Sola-Yates. If you can't hear this, it is written out in the newsletter. Well, you might, you might want to do That will be, yeah. be, be, be. Uh, be the next <laughs> that'll be, that'll be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Then it is waste
1: do you understand the issue. Well, I I understand the issue. I don't understand the resolution. We will get them. Okay, which is a terrible answer, but that's that's my answer today. Okay, your your concern is coded, in there.
0: The July fifth meeting took two hours. What concern? What resolution? Maybe we will find out. The July fifth meeting took two hours. The group went one by one through a series of specific requests recommended by members of the public. The following is some of what they discussed. A two-block section of hydraulic road across from Stonefield in Albemarle County is currently designated as Corridor Mixed Use 5 in the draft zoning code. So are some of the residential properties immediately behind it. One member of the public noted that currently some of those blocks are duplexes and other affordable places to live. Commissioner Philip Duranzio suggested switching those not fronting Hydraulic Road to Residential A or Residential B in order to preserve them. Councilor Brian Pinkston pointed out that the Commonwealth Transportation Board recently approved a roundabout at District Avenue at Hydraulic Road. That means some of those structures will likely be demolished to make way for that project. Snook, a member of the MPO Policy Board, said at least two buildings would have to go.
1: Part of my part of my concern is that I would hate to get to a situation where we are so determined to maximize housing that we don't allow for commercial uses in places where commercial uses make sense.
0: Duranzio, though, described the existing character of the land not fronting hydraulic. Once you get two steps back
1: from well, hydraulic, you are in. A quietly suburban type
0: neighborhood. The group reached consensus to make many of the changes to some of the properties. As this is a written and audio visual medium, I can't precisely describe what was changed. Another request to the future land use map has been for an area around Rugby Avenue and Grady Avenue designated for high-intensity residential. This is an area that's used for off-grounds housing for students at the University of Virginia. A request made as part of the comments to the draft zoning code says this. The current designation shows high-intensity residential for three owner-occupied homes, which seems to me like an encroachment of that student area into non-student land that won't be necessary if we densify within its current boundaries. When the draft zoning map was drawn, these parcels were designated as residential mixed-use, or RX3. However, at the work session, Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg suggested going in the other direction and increasing them by one grade to RX5.
1: And the kind of general philosophy of, uh, you know, fitting as many students into existing students' areas as we can as they stop spreading out, um, that would just leave a little bit more room uh, to fit them in. Um, I think five is also fairly consistent with, there's some new development along Virginia Avenue, there's four stories over there uh, that, you know, is obviously
0: higher than three. However, Stolzenberg suggested some of the owner-occupied houses involved in that suggestion could be reduced to address that community member's concern. The topic comes up at a time when the University of Virginia is conducting a planning study for an initiative to house all second-year students on grounds. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook expressed skepticism.
1: That's just me trying to read tea leaves. It's not any inside knowledge. Uh, but And if, if it happens, it's going to happen probably at least five years from now anyway, and maybe more like 10. Who knows? By that time, we'll have a different board of visitors. We may have a different president. We don't know.
0: Planning Commissioner Carl Schwartz pointed out that after 14th Street was upzoned in the 2003 rezoning, many houses came down to make way for the large apartment buildings that have been built ever since. Schwartz served two terms on the Board of Architectural Review before being appointed to the Planning Commission last year and has seen many applications in this specific area.
1: This area is being kind of a battleground for the area. It is a struggle because there's a lot of 16 single-family houses that are no longer single-family houses. Um, to it me, it's a little frustrating because
0: there's you have an elementary school, you have a library, you have nearby um, parks.
1: Like, um, it's it's set up as a neighborhood, but it is almost completely overrun by students.
0: Councilor Brian Pinkston raised a concern that the city may not have the ability to handle the additional density. The properties adjoining a nearby intersection are either Residential C or RX3. This is not specifically the area that Stolzenberg had just mentioned.
1: We're assuming a lot of things about vehicles. We're assuming a lot of things about um, the road network. So where but- where Rugby comes into Preston, just north of there, mm-hmm. um, essentially in an area that's has been, uh, for better or worse, residential for many, many years. That's going to become essentially like a hub as we're looking at it.
0: Um, I have some real questions about whether that's really feasible. As I said, Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg said that was not the area he was considering for a further upzoning. He meant closer to the university on properties that are currently zoned either in the UMD or UHD category.
1: That is zoned
0: for 55 stories. Uh, So really what we're proposing
1: in this map is a downzoning of that whole area from what we allow there now. Um, And RX-5 would be about what's allowed now.
0: Snook asked if anyone had ever quantified the number of UVA students who live in areas designated for student housing. Bill Palmer works in the office of the UVA architect and said they have studied the issue.
1: Generally, what we've found in surveying students is for undergraduates, especially, they just want to be as close as they can to UVA. No shock there. Uh, I will say this area and JPA are both, both well served by our UTS transit and very walkable.
0: However... Palmer said many students do bring their cars with them to school, and if there are no parking minimums in the future, there would have to be some management of that issue. There has been a trend in Charlottesville for church properties to go through rezonings to add residential density. This has happened at Hinton Avenue Baptist Church in Belmont, Park Street Christian Church, and Mount View Baptist Church in Locust Grove. In the comments on the future land use map that have been made so far, there were two further requests for church properties to be designated for future residential growth. These are at the Greek Orthodox Church on McIntyre Road and Mount Zion Baptist Church. Both had been designated as medium-intensity residential, and there were some suggestions that that could go higher. The Greek Orthodox Church property has a current draft zoning designation of residential c the Mount Zion Baptist Church property is designated as residential A and is in the sensitive communities overlay. Commissioner Kareem Bob suggested it could be increased.
1: I think the South First Street across the street is RX3. It to me, makes sense to make it RX3. It's right on Elliott.
0: However... James Fries, the city's director of neighborhood development services, said doing so as part of this process would require an alteration to the future land use map, which could slow down the rezoning process. Charlottesville mayor Lloyd Snook responded to community members suggestions that the area north of the US bypass might not be suitable for medium intensity residential. I'll point out that as I write this, I don't have access to the spreadsheet to which planning commissioners and councilors were referring to during this meeting. It wasn't in the meeting materials. For instance, the current draft zoning map designates properties along Meadowbrook Heights Road, Grove Road, and Kenwood Lane as residential B, matching the medium intensity designation called for in the future land use map. Here is Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook.
1: One of the primary reasons why I really don't want to increase density right there unless we're going to solve the traffic problem, And that gets back to the question that I've been asking for a year now, which is what responsibility do we have if we create a greater degree of uh, intensity of use there?
0: Snoke said the city has limited resources to put into infrastructure and the city might have to use eminent domain to buy right away for more sidewalks. I did not actually finish listening to this particular meeting. They, At this point, they began to discuss the residential B stuff. I'm going to try to get to that, but I'm likely going to go straight to the July 13th meeting. I am very interested in this issue, as are you if you have listened to this point. Uh, I'm going to let this one go, but just say that there will be more. And I do apologize. This one's a little bit rushed. Uh, it's been a time. But that's the end of number 557. I write this edition in Pennsylvania, where I'm going to be spending a lot more time. How much more? Doesn't really matter to you. But what does matter is that torrential hit here the other day, and a family of seven died when their vehicle washed away in a flash flood. Pennsylvania is contemplating joining the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, while Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin is doing what he can to pull out. What should happen? I don't know. But the point of this newsletter is to make you pay attention to what's happening and I'm disappointed I've not been able to cover this specific issue. Why do any of us do any of the things that we do? What is this life? Is it mere trivia that Jimi Hendrix did in fact open for the monkeys? Who gets to decide what's interesting, what's worth knowing, and what's really worth paying attention to? All of us. I thank you for choosing to read what I put together. The advertising returns next time. Please pay attention. Learn everything you can about this very complex world that needs constant vigilance to survive. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.